1: Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guests are Joel Hodgson and Emily Marsh from Mystery Science Theater 3000. The venerable show, which is filled with smart-ass wisecracks, first premiered in 1988 with Joel as the host, who was subjected to watch bad movies, along with his robot friends, a.k.a. puppets, Tom Servo and T Robot the Peabody award-winning and Emmy-nominated show has been running on and off over the years ever since. Well, it's back. Once again, Joel dons the red coveralls to join Jonah Ray and Emily Marsh to host the show, watch bad movies, and make us laugh. Take a listen to part of the trailer for season 13. Hold on to your box. Oh, we got movie science! Mystery Science Theater 3000 is coming back.
2: Again! Movie in the hole! This season, MST3K features 13 brand new
1: episodes, including some of the cheesiest movies ever. Ben Diesel in the slow and the steady. And there is where we'll put the sick flat screen. It's like a Hershey kiss in a suit. But wait, there's more. The new season isn't on television or Netflix. It's available exclusively on a brand new platform called the Gizmoplex, built just for MST 3K. A
0: bright and shining beacon to the worst that cinema has to offer.
1: A, I'm clearly a fan of Mission Science Theater since I was in like high school. I even have my my Mystery Science Theater fan club card, like clipped oh, off the, yes. yeah, number <laughs> eleven three uh, uh, eleven thousand three hundred thirty two. <laughs> um, so just a long, long time. Just it's uh, a huge part of my personality. I think uh, came from from Joel from your show and uh, seeing the iterations over the years. So. All that to say is I'm a bit tongue-tied, but also so excited to talk to you both and excited that Mystery Science Theater is back. Well, the real surprise is Emily Marsh. (laughs) Well, To to
2: Emily Marsh the most.
1: (laughs) I say young Emily Marsh. um, How did you get involved with Mystery Science Theater?
0: So basically, I started with Mystery Science Theater when I was a kid. Um, My dad was very into the show uh, and my mom was very much not into the show. So this was sort of a forbidden fruit. Basically, when mom went on a business trip, it would be like, sweet, we can eat cheesy eggs and we're watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 and there's nothing she can do to stop us. Um, So cut to, you know, a lifelong passion for bad movies. Um, I become a puppeteer, an actor, and then cut to seeing... Couple of years ago now, there was an audition notice that was like, hey, Mystery Science Theater Live is auditioning singing puppeteers. And I proceed to, first of all, have a moment of going, oh my God, I'm perfect for this. I need to like send this email right away. Um, Send the email, of course, include like, you know, the little, you're just like, and this is my favorite episode. And i definitely know what this is. I'm very excited. Please call me in, please. Um, And then, so I got to audition. Uh, and going into the room, I must say, Joel, I did not expect to see you behind the table. That was a bit of a a bit of a surprise.
2: They never tell you that I'm actually there.
0: <laughs> I wish you'd been a little more incognito, like you just were wearing a really big fake mustache, so people had to kind of do double takes to figure it out.
1: Or, or Joel, maybe you guys could have been seated like the like the robots, and you guys the silhouette, just be your back is to <laughs> like a blind. Or you object. have a curtain up. <laughs>
0: And there's like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain.
1: It's
2: like screening for scoliosis, we used to we set we set them in a chair and check their posture and check how they what kind of silhouette they cast, and then they can move on to the next the next uh, competition, right? But anyway, go ahead. So let me just insert some stuff here before you get to your story, because. I think it was kind of like a callback, right? When we were talking, or was it the first time we talked where I asked you about it and you said your mom?
0: It was even more dramatic than that because it was me meeting you out of a sea of like 500 people who are auditioning for this thing. And I like do my little spiel I sing I I do my little monologue, and I decide I don't don't know why in my mind I decided to share it to you directly like hey the show was really meant a lot to me, like to my brother to my dad. Uh, But my mom on the other hand when she heard I was auditioning her what she said was that show got a national tour. (laughs) <laughs> and it kills behind the table. So yeah, I had nothing to lose, Joel. I was a stranger just right in front of you going, hey, my mom doesn't think much of this show. Hope I get the job. <laughs>
2: this just so killed me and made me really like you that you could be that honest about it. But can we say what your mom really said?
1: By the way, this thing will be edited and polished. you could say any words you'd like uh, and we will take it.
2: Hey, didn't she say that show, got a tour, a national tour, like, incredulously. <laughs> but you got to be kidding me.
0: Yeah, that was basically the subtext. No, when I told her I was auditioning, she was like, really? That stupid show got a national tour?
2: Yeah. So that made me like <laughs> Emily right away. And it really worked for you because it made me remember you. But the reason why I liked Emily right away is I like the way she talks and, and she... um was it super clear we were looking for someone to not be a puppeteer on the robot or did you come in to puppeteer a robot or did you come in to kind of be an actor or both?
0: I came in to puppeteer. And then when I got cast, they called me and were like, hey, so you're also not gonna be a puppeteer. You're gonna be a person. Uh, we'll give you more details later.
1: What's your reaction when you, get, when you hear that you're not gonna be a puppeteer, you're gonna be a person?
0: <laughs> uh, a little confused.
1: But I think,
2: I can't remember
1: if it was, yeah, so.
2: Anyway, long story short, I think in the back of my mind, I knew that Jonah's name as far as him going out on tour and I and I felt obliged to start to cultivate a new person who could maybe be a host. So that was in the back of my mind. And when I met Emily, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe she could be this person and this would be a simple way to get into it because we needed the support backstage and we had some parts for uh, in front and then we kind of started to grow We had scope creep with her where we started to add more and more like things that she could do. So I started to think of her as, oh, this person could be a host. So then we started to kind of work on that.
1: It always seemed to me too that like you guys have always had those empty chairs and it's cool. I think I I saw a couple of the tours. I think I saw the last one and it was cool seeing like there'd be four people up there. All of a sudden like, wow, maybe they'll actually get like seven one day, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: I mean, Joel, cover your ears. Um, it's just like the beauty of the format of this show is so wonderful. Like everybody, everybody makes fun of bad movies. Like everybody enjoys like getting that idea of like, you have your own two cents to throw in. And like the format of this show is just so amazing, simple, And I think you were always so uh, irreverent, Joel, that I really always loved. You were like, it's really about like, you never wanted it to become about like, this person is the host and they should be like the center of the show and it's all about them. It was always all about like, hey, we're making fun of a movie and making people laugh. And like, at the end of the day, it's serving that and not, it's like Mystery Science Theater was never supposed to be like a star vehicle (laughs) for the host which is so nice, it's so democratic.
2: It's an ensemble and one of you is seen by the audience. Mm -hmm. The rest are quietly,
1: safely hidden behind a barrier.
0: Well, that's the unfair part.
1: You're the human puppet.
0: (laughs) I know, I have to operate this meat, my meat sack body.
2: (laughs) When I came back to it and we got Jonah, all these feelings started to come out about, oh, what it's really like to do that part that The human puppet part and um and that was really interesting because what's going on really is the bots as great as they are and as great as the puppeteers are they're very limited in what they can do and i think what we often run into is people have this the writers have an aggregate memory of of the bots being able to do anything like their pixar characters but the truth is you have to duct tape stuff into their hand and they can only like i remember one sketch that got written that just had stuff like crow's doing his nails and tom's reading uh you know cosmo and so they just love to put in those flourishes but they never think about well how is crow gonna paint his nails and he has to handle a microphone and so it's funny but but ultimately the big thing you do when you're the host is do a lot of stuff for the robots because they can only do so much.
0: I just love hearing it broken down to that. It's like, you as the host, it's your job to be the hands to your (laughs) metal counterparts.
1: And I think that's part part of the charm is always watching that. You'd see like, ridiculous things they're doing like they're painting each other or singing a song or or whatever and it would always be like uh, the host or Joel or whoever like moving them and it was that awkwardness and kind of low tech about it that made it so charming.
2: That's what's really funny about it and it was especially hard back in the day before we really had teleprompters or even cue cards so I mean I really had to learn the script from top to bottom and memorize it, which I felt was frightfully unfair. But anyway, now it's different now because we, you know, you can buy a
1: teleprompter for a hundred dollars now. I, I want to ask though, okay, so clearly um, all three of us have a great idea of what this show's about. For people who have never seen it or don't know anything about the show, how do you describe it to them?
0: I always sum it up as, hey, it's, we're watching a bad movie and making fun of it. That's always my like simplest explanation is, because of course everybody always goes, oh, is it science-based? Uh, <laughs> is this a science show with, for children? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We watch bad movies and we make fun of them. And then if they care more to find out more, I'm like, well, the premise is that this host, uh, these mad scientists are trying to torture them by making them watch bad movies and they have to make robots to help them make fun of the movie To survive. Um, So then you get a little into the lore, but I think always the thing I bring it back to is I'm like, hey, you like watching bad movies, right? That's what this show is. We're (laughs) watching bad movies and professional comedians are making fun of it for you.
1: So the name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And I'd like to hear uh, from both of you what you're currently obsessed with. So, Emily, what's your current obsession?
0: Oh, man. You know, sometimes we just need good times, good vibes. um, And I have been obsessed with HBO's new show, Minx. Uh, It's just a delight um I have been telling friends about it in front of other people who would then have chimed in to say I also am watching that show it's a delight so that is that has been my recent obsession for media obsession I
2: gotta check that out oh
0: it's so fun it's just fun
2: oh that's great mine is um I'm getting obsessed with uh close-up magic I um I was just in Chicago um, last week for the spring break with my kids and we got to do some, I got to do a lot of magic outings. There's one of my favorite magic shops is there. Uh, A friend of mine has a magic auction house and there's a new theater there called the Chicago Magic Lounge, which I got to visit, which was really cool. So that's mostly what I've been doing on the weekend when I'm not working on Mystery Science Theater. I'm working on my chops as a close-up. Well,
1: and going back to the live show, I've been to a couple, and I think one of the things I'm always struck by is just, it's like old guys like me, and then you have their families and their kids just seeing it for the first time, or, oh, I understand it now. And I'm wondering, Emily, when you were doing these shows, what was that experience like? Because you came at it from that that part first before now actually doing, quote, unquote, the show on TV. Doing the
0: live shows, you really do get to you know, be a part of the community um, just in such more of a tangible way, especially after doing, after the pandemic experience where we were all holed up in our respective homes, (laughs) afraid to leave, and then to film episodes with people who I'd only seen on Zoom for a really long time, be back together, and then an even greater experience of, all right, live shows, you're meeting fans again. It's, you're performing for an audience of like, I mean, hundreds of people, I'll always maintain that mST3k fans uh, mirror the sort of mirror the content in that they're just so kind and very um, clever and, and are just very focused on the community. Like it's like you said, Joel, it's to say that we are making fun of movies is an oversimplification because that does sound like haha, that's so dumb. But then anyone who's watched the show knows that there's there's a love. For the content, like mo- so many of those jokes are like actually about getting engrossed in the movie and kind of just like falling in love with it. And I feel it's just this very loving, like gentle poking and ribbing. And I feel like that's so similar to the fan base is like the people who were drawn to that we were like, we love making fun of things, but we also love being passionate about things. I mean, and it was so wonderful heightened by the fact that we had been so separate for so long.
1: And now now we have a new season, and um, it's, uh, as the trailer says, it's not on Netflix, and it's on the Gizmoplex. What is the Gizmoplex? How can I watch or get the Gizmoplex to watch Michigan Science Theater?
2: Gizmoplex is a web portal. It's essentially the Mads have decided to take distribution into their own hands and have their own theater on the moon their own cineplex on the moon and so within the narrative of the show as a participant the way you watch the movie is you actually rent a cambot that's already on the moon it's kind of a rental that you can fly around through the gizmoplex and you know it's the gizmoplex has all these like layers to it the lobby is where your ticket booth is and then it's all stacked vertically up so the next layer is the backer atrium, and if you're a backer, then you're going to have your name on the wall in the backer atrium. And so when you go into the atrium, it's just lined with these plaques, these little tiny gold plaques. It looks, you know, it looks like a uh, a sequined costume. You know, it just looks like sequins. But when you get close, you realize each one is a person's name. We have thirty-five thousand of names there. So if you're a backer, your name is in the atrium. And then the level above that is the Kinga Dome. And the Kinga Dome is actually our premier theater, which is a giant theater that looks like it houses about a thousand people. And you go in there and that's where you watch the premier episodes. And you can also chat with people while you're there. You can invite your friends to watch with you and talk with them. Or you can go downstairs and there's um, you know a video vault where you can buy and rent stuff. If you want to and then there's a screening bunker below that where you can then meet your friends there and and screen whatever is in your library or whatever the episodes we've
1: curated for this month i'm smiling because i work for a tech website and people love to use this term the metaverse but essentially this is a metaverse you guys created for mystery science theater
2: it it is we just designed it so it's metaverse adjacent so people can eventually when all the piping's set up it'll it can work that way too but yeah it's really like a point and click game it's like
1: missed with movies you know this is the 13th season is that correct the 13th, mm-hmm. Yeah, the <laughs> thirteenth. so the first one came out in 1988 now we're in 2022 like what's changed about it and uh why bring it back again
2: number one it's so fun to do it's 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 kind of an adventure every time you every time you have to go and kind of say, at the end of watching this movie, we'll have 700 riffs and four or five sketches that are designed specifically around this movie. And so that's really fun. I mean, I love doing that and it's my job and I'm, I'm really, I love doing it. Um, but the fans uh, are interested in it. They like it and they want us to make more. They've made um, MST part of their lives to the point where they're going, no problem, we'll, we're going to fund this because we believe in it, whether it's for themselves or like whatever your experience was when you started, they want to have that. They want to kind of allow that to happen for new people. What, I don't know exactly what it is, but we're just super, We're just super lucky that they think like that, you know, that they want us to keep making it.
1: We always wrap our uh, podcast with thing called Pick One. I give you a couple of choices. You pick one, it doesn't mean the thing you pick is necessarily better than the other one, but I'd like to play Pick One with Joel and Emily. How's that sound? Sure. Sounds good. First one is Pick One, stand up, singing, puppeteering, or writing
2: that's easy. I'm going to pick
1: Emily's for her. <laughs>
2: go ahead. Do it. Joel.
0: Puppetry. Can I pick yours?
1: Yeah. yeah you pick, you pick yours. <laughs> puppetry.
0: I'm also going to pick puppetry for Joel.
2: She
1: knows. I know
0: he loves picks. it. He loves it. He can't get away from them. I
2: know. It's so crazy. You know, I used to have a girlfriend that used to just look at me and go puppet and she'd wait for me to get
1: really excited, like, ah, I love puppets.
2: What have you got? Tell me about puppets. We both really like puppets a lot.
1: My college theater, like, experimental theater trip was called the Puppet Regime, and we had so many people disappointed that there was no puppets there. You know, you're like, no, we're not like that kind of, you know.
2: That's like free beer. That's like calling a band free beer, right?
1: (laughs) Right, yeah, they all come in the door, but wait. I mean, it was, a, it was a very Gen X thing at the time. So we're like, yeah, puppet regime. We're not the mainstream theater at the University of South Carolina. Um, okay, so pick one, Elon Musk's Starlink satellite or the satellite of love or the moon. Oh, wow, well, that's easy. I'm going to do Emily's again. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no,
2: I'm going to pick the moon because it's the first satellite.
0: Oh, Joel, I was so excited to pick yours because I was going to be like, Joel says Starlink. <laughs> Let's get it on the record. He loves Elon Musk.
2: (laughs) You guys are making out, you and Elon. (laughs) It's okay if you don't get one, Emily. I'll take two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I give you Starlink.
2: Is that the thing that he's
1: putting in baboons that allows them to, like, is that Starlink the thing that's in your brain? Okay, that's called the Neuralink. So the Starlink is the the low orbit satellites that give you internet, which is, you know, it's pretty good actually. But they
0: could put the baboons in space.
1: (laughs) Say that's, you know, that's the next step. That is obviously the next step. They're going to pilot you to Mars eventually. (laughs) I think that's true. All right, here's my last one is pick one, um, a Patrick Swayze Christmas or the Godzilla genealogy bop or Canelina Caper creepy girl song.
0: Wait, can I pick mine this time? Joel, do I have permission to pick mine this time?
1: we <laughs> yeah, have had a lot of fun letting me pick everything.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna pick a fun Patrick Swayze Christmas for me. That's just, it's just good fun.
2: Me too. I'm gonna go for that too. That
1: one's special.
0: Also, it's going to be special in the upcoming season, so we'll see.
1: Tease, very good tease. Well, it's been a delight getting to know both of you. Uh, talking Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, really yeah. Thanks, Patrick. You. Yeah, and yeah. I can't wait to see you in the Gizmo Plex, so take care. And thank you, Emily Marsh.
0: Well, thank you, Joel Hodgson. The fun, oh, yeah.
1: the fun and
2: happiness back in movie riffing <laughs> for a new generation.
0: Now, now, Joel, it's because I was raised on the fruits of your comedic labor
2: from childhood the fruits of my loins (laughs) never i would never talk about your loins like that raised on the fruits of my loins (laughs) perfect
1: (laughs) time to cut all right take care everybody bye bye patrick i want to thank joel and emily for chatting with me and i want to thank you for listening you can watch season 13 of mystery science theater 3000 starting may 6 at the website mst3k.com or by accessing the Gizmoplex app on iOS, Android, and on platforms like Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Daniel Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox sowell Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Also, hey, this is a really easy thing to do. Follow our show on Twitter. Look up I'm So Obsessed Pod. That's our handle. Is that what the kids say? Handle? Channel? That's our thing. I'm so obsessed, Pot. Until next time, take care.